Welcome back to the Girls in Movement podcast, where we talk to founders and influencers from across the globe. We have two very exciting co-founders on the show today, and I'm really looking forward to chatting to them. I love brands that are tackling problems and stigmas, and these two ladies are doing exactly that. They've been featured in The Guardian, InStyle, Stylist, and a ton of other publications. They've created a brand which speaks directly to women with a stylish design to match. I actually came across this brand via Kamani Investments, which I know they were pitching to, and it's really unique. I think what I also love is the background of both these founders, and I'm keen to find out how they met and kickstarted this brand. So without further ado, I welcome Farah and Sarah, co-founders of Hanks, onto the show. How are you both? Hi, good, thank you. How are you doing? Thank yeah, you thank you. Good stuff. Um, now, Far and Sarah are both in different locations. I mean, they're both in London, but on the opposite sides. So that might as well be two completely different locations. So we have technology working at its best. So I'll direct questions to both of them. Um, so let's start with yourself, Farah. What were you doing before, Hanks, um, kind of after or before university? If you went to university, what were you doing before then? Yeah, so I went to Durham University, um, studied finance, graduated, fell into typical finance job uh, and studied to become a chartered accountant and then I was in investment banking for about just under seven years Um, so my background is predominantly in finance and very different to to condoms. Sure okay and Sarah what about yourself what were you doing before Hanks? So like Farah I went to Durham University we actually went to the same school as well back in York so we kind of go way back as friends um, and then I studied medicine so very different to, to Farah um, and then went into kind of women's health, gynecology, uh, obstetrics and sexual health and um, it's my specialty um, within medicine and worked kind of Newcastle around in London um, and Manchester in that specialty uh, before kind of Farah and I decided that we needed to do something about the condom market. Great. And um, so you both obviously met at university, I assume. Um, how did this brand come about? Um, was it kind of an idea just like just sat at a table or was it something that you've been kind of brewing up for a while? No, it was quite an organic idea. So um, Sarah and I actually went to school together in York. So um, we went to university and school together. So we've been oh. firm friends um, since childhood and it was after an awkward bump in. I was working long hours and <clears throat> I need to buy some condoms and I bumped into my boss on lunch break. Oh. <laughs> and got my hands and it was just because I was super busy and I didn't have time to get them any other time of the day. Um, and Sarah was completely overworked from night shifts as was I and we had a very random Monday off and we decided to go for lunch and had a day out and we were just catching up and I was telling her about this mortifying experience and <laughs> you know how I shouldn't feel mortified in this day and age you know I should feel empowered and I shouldn't be ashamed to take control of my sexual health uh, but yet there was a bright red box in my hand um, you know that's how the discussion started and Sarah had obviously seen a ride yeah. with it clinic yeah so it's um it was really authentic really we hadn't decided that we would plan to do a business together it just kind of happened like Sarah said and because of 
my experience in sexual health clinics and seeing the rise of you know really difficult to treat STIs and um, and women in particular feeling really embarrassed to to buy and use condoms. It was we started just chatting about all the things that could be changed and and got pretty excited about doing something about it. Um, so that's how it all started. Over yeah, two years that's ago really now. cool. The best. And how long ago was that? Sorry, Sarah. Yeah, um, it was over two years. It was end of uh, 2015. Um, but obviously, we were both working full time back then. Um, so we did all the kind of research behind the scenes um, and looking into manufacturers and um, kind of making sure there was a market for what we thought was a market for. Right, nice. And I assume this is kind of your both of your first times in the startup world, the startup journey. I mean, you're two years in now, but I, I still think even two years into a startup, it's still that kind of um, looking at investment, building a team and building the brand even more and keeping up with changes. I mean, how are you finding out, how are you finding it? I'll aim this at you, Farah, first, but what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you? Well, it's been really exciting and it's, it's very different to what we both used to do. And I think mm -hmm. the most exciting but challenging parts is we're learning as we go along. So everything is new to us. And Sarah and I have become jack of all trades from yeah. marketing to finance to manufacturing. Because um, that's been exciting but challenging. But I guess um, one of the things that has been most challenging for me is I'm quite impatient. So yeah. when I'm working on something or a, or a part of the business and I think it should have been done yesterday and it's kind of it's having that patience. <laughs> which has taken me a bit of time to learn and quite challenging yeah. um, and come to terms with the fact that things take time and it's okay to make mistakes and you learn from them. Uh, so I guess they're the main challenges for me. And what about yourself, Sarah? Yeah, I think um, similar to Farah, I mean, it's really exciting journey. We only launched the company um, just under a year ago now. We're coming into our first birthday. So, you know, we've really had lots of challenges along the way and um, kind of making our own agendas and keep on top of everything and you know trying to not stop working is another thing getting that balance right because you're always yeah. you know Sarah and I've had so many late nights on our laptops and um weekends and you know there's no time that really stops like in a, a job where you're walking to someone else you you know you kind of have designated off days and um, so I think getting that balance is important um and obviously really lucky to be able to do this with Sarah who's you know a great friend and um we have so many different kind of qualities and, and skills so it kind of we complement each other really well um so yeah i mean lots of challenges like that again <laughs> i am impatient and we like to get things done quickly and there's things you know we're like why has it taken a week for you know something to happen i think that's just you know adjusting to a different way of working and um yeah so it's been an exciting journey so far yeah, definitely. I mean, I think what I've always found is when you move from like a not not necessarily just a corporate world, but kind of even I suppose your medical background, you've got such a kind of a big team, so much resource like to your hand that you can kind of farm out loads of different things. But when you're kind of waiting for other people because you're such a small team doing so much stuff, moving to start up is yeah, your your patient levels have to you have to balance it out a lot quick, kind of a lot quicker than what you are within the yeah. Absolutely, the, yeah. The thing about that is you can run with your own ideas. You don't have to kind of consult anyone, and you can just go out with it and kind of see whether it is a success or fails quite quickly, and like move on to another avenue to explore, which is really good. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of trial and error and see what works, like say, and what yeah. doesn't, and and that's exciting with no restrictions. Um, Definitely. So yeah. 
And um, what did you learn about the market? Like, I suppose the condom market is something that I've never really spoken to anyone about. But like, was there anything that shocked you? Um, obviously, I know this is really directed at women, this brand. But what was it like kind of doing that research um, around this market? Yeah, I mean, well, when we when we first thought about the idea, we were baffled that there was nothing like this on the market, um, you know, without garish packaging or promoting a man's conquest or lots of gimmicky ingredients so we obviously researched and, and we were really surprised to find that over 40 percent of purchases of condoms are actually women so, oh, wow. so you know that tells us that you know women do take control and buy condoms but there's a clear gap in the market here um and we were even more perplexed to find that we are to date the only brand in europe that are solely targeting women and subscriptions Amazing. Um, we have a, we, you know, we've got a few like um, similar competitors in the US who are doing very well, and there's a there's that growing trend of, you know, women taking control of all aspects of their lives. So why isn't this the one element uh, that they're doing? So yeah, we were surprised by that stat for sure. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, we looked into what women in particular, but men as well, would want out of a, a new product and the condom market hasn't really changed for you know decades so um things like vegan options we were surprised that uh, a lot of condoms actually use casein which is an animal byproduct um so we were you know quite confident we didn't need animals near our product and the fact that we can have a vegan alternative that's just as good uh, was a no-brainer for us and that's you know market that's going up and people are more conscious about that they're conscious about having sustainable options um and yeah like all the different aspects of our product was very responsive to what our audience wanted so we don't smell of latex well just thin um and our packaging is discreet so um so yeah we've <laughs> learned a lot about the market and do you feel like the stigma around this product is like around condoms in general is kind of worse in the uk or do you think there's other countries who obviously that are worse i mean are people buy, buying from your brand from other countries? Are, are you kind of exporting, etc.? Do you see this happening? Yeah, I mean, I think in the UK we're slightly more prudish than people in the US, so <laughs> there's a, definitely a shift in in culture and attitude. I still think there's a taboo around, you know, talking about sexual health and condoms. It's getting better, much better than it ever has been, but there's still a lot of work to do. And I guess in terms of appetite from our consumers we get a lot we're predominantly UK our consumers are predominantly UK based we have a fair few in France and in Germany as well and we do get a lot more requests for the US and we haven't launched in the US yet but we get a lot more from the US so that kind of tells us that the attitudes are a bit more open right yeah I mean like for us we've got uh, lots of uh, customers in Europe as well but um our main our main uh, market is in, in the UK um, but I think people are still not particularly confident about talking about condom use and it's still like very British not to talk about that. <laughs> Definitely and do you find when you're kind of pitching this idea to say um, maybe big retail buyers do you feel do you find that there's any sort of like challenges with putting the brand out there and marketing a brand like this and and having that conversation like over a kind of conference table do you find any people who are just a bit too prude yeah we we do get a we do get pushback from from certain retailers 
and that's because sadly people still see sexual health comments as a taboo um, yeah. and that's exactly what we're trying to change is how we want women to think differently about sexual health you know yes. everyone has sex at the end of the day we get it but it's about taking ownership of your sexual health and using protection and that's why you know our branding is very clean uh, and neutral and the, and we we want to make it the norm for you to be able to go about your day-to-day in a department store and pick up hanks um yeah. on your way out so i think a, I think that is a challenge for us, but it's about educating and reinforcing our message um, in that we're not garish and all about, you know, we're not overtly sexual. Uh, yeah. We're just a brand that's that's empowering women. So, yeah. And how did the name Hanks come about? <laughs> Bar and I used to always say hanky panky. Um, <laughs> so like, again, this is like that lunch we had when we thought of the idea. We were like, what would we call it? And we were like, Hanky Panky, and then we just shortened it to Hanks, and it's just stuck, and it's worked, so it's fun. <laughs> That's really cool. And tell me about the plans for the rest of 2018 and kind of moving forward for next year. Um, are you looking to expand the team? Are you looking to kind of build the product product out even more? Yeah, we. I mean, where is 2018 gone? Like, oh, my really God, much- I know. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've had a really exciting first year and we've been very lucky because we've had some, you know, so we've had support from press and we've really grown our consumer base. I think for us, it's developing our condom proposition and developing that particular product range into different sizes and complementary products. And I think now that we know that we've got a secure market in the UK, we'd also like to develop our relations in other countries so like I said we have some customers in France and Germany so we would probably expand more European and focus our marketing efforts there as well um and I guess after the next 12 months we've got some exciting products but we just can't reveal them yet no. <laughs> nice forward to that <laughs> And to, you, to yourself, Farah, so I love asking all my guests this, um, so I'll start with yourself, Farah. So if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Go with your gut. I, I always say this, but and I learn it from my mum. She, she always says, go with your gut. It's got your best interest at heart. Yeah. And I think over the years, I haven't gone with my gut because I've been too scared. Uh, yeah. But there's clearly something in that. So, yeah, definitely go with your gut and, and take take a risk you know mm. if you don't do it now when are you ever going to do it exactly and I think one of the big biggest risks you can take is starting a business leaving a full-time job so yeah, yeah. hats off both and same question to yourself Sarah um yeah I mean similar is is not to take not to worry about taking risks if you're kind of you plan things and you have a feeling that you want to try something different or um, you know you've seen something that might work uh, or there's a market for something you've thought about I think trying things and not being scared to to do that I think you regret things you haven't done that you you know you wouldn't regret taking risks and things don't work out you always learn from it um, and pivot and, and things change but um, yeah I think having a regret that you didn't do something that you had an idea and you were passionate about would um, you know would be be silly so I think just don't be afraid to take that risk. Amazing. Thank you both so much for kind of coming onto the show and, and talking about the Hanks's journey. I'm, I mean, we're really excited to see what happens in the next year or so, the new products and 
reaching out to new brands. Um, Hanks is a very exciting brand that you need to follow. So all social media links will be posted at the bottom of this podcast. We're live on iTunes and Spotify, so feel free to stream and follow the podcast on there. Um, thank you both so much. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you.